If you don't know, my name's David Lamar. I am the youth pastor at Fountain Gate right here, your next door neighbor. And so uh, just super honored to be here with you guys. All right, I got to ask, who's excited to be at church tonight? Let's go, let's go, let's go. Who here loves the word of God? Do we got any hungry people in the house tonight? Got any hungry people? All right. Well, I need all you hungry hippos to turn with me to Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four. Uh, So I'm just now getting to know you guys. This is my first time here at Beltway North. But let me tell you how we do it is we believe in a holler back church. I ain't no holler back girl. Y'all don't even know what that is, but... (laughs) Showed how old I was, I guess. But I do believe in hollering back. And listen, hollering back is not hype. It is holy. Because this is what it's doing. It's when you're leaning in. It's when you're engaged. It's when you're locked into what God is saying. Because can I tell you, church, we do not need another sermon. Oh, yeah. Oh, he got it. We do not need another sermon. You hearing, you're hearing what I'm saying? We don't need to sing another song. And can we give it up for the band, though, real quick? Man. That was incredible. That was so good. This guitar player dude is Nick? Bro, you bro, you fire. Where are you at? You good, bro. I love that. Your rig is awesome too. I like that. Anyways, what? Uh, but we don't need to hear another sermon. We don't need another song. Those things are great. Those things are awesome. What we need is an encounter with God. What we need is an encounter from Jesus. A sermon and a song is not going to change Abilene, but an encounter with the man Jesus Christ can change Abilene. Can you imagine if everyone in this room got a glimpse of who Jesus really was, how Wiley would look, how Cooper would look, how Abilene High would look, how our middle, y'all aren't getting as excited as you need to be. Because it takes just one encounter with Jesus and everything can change. That's what we're going after tonight. So it's not about a message. It's not about necessarily what I really just have to say and I have something prepared I'm going to get. Really what I need you to do, are you with me? What I need you to do is just to be locked in and engaged for what God's telling you tonight. Because it takes an encounter from Jesus that's Abilene's going to change. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Well, tonight, if you're taking notes, strongly encourage that you do. If you're taking notes, you can follow along with the Sky Bible behind me. Uh, but the title of my message tonight is The Battle in Your Mind. Turn to the person next to you and say, The Battle in Your Mind. The Battle in Your Mind. And so, really, what I'm going to be talking about tonight is stress and anxiety. Anyone ever felt like you've been anxious? Anyone ever just kind of can say you kind of struggled with anxiety kind of at times? I did some research on this and anxiety is really, we probably could call this maybe like an epidemic uh, that just our culture is kind of going through right now. And statistically speaking, 58% of teenagers feel like they kind of consistently feel like they go through anxiety and have kind of like anxious thoughts and feelings, stressful thoughts and feelings. I believe that the other statistic is like 25%, one out of four feel like they kind of have moderately high, severe kind of uh, uh, feelings of anxiety and stress kind of consistently. And what anxiety really is, it, it's when you kind of have that tension inside, you know, you're, you, you kind of feel almost clammy, you, you get your head's foggy, your heart kind of starts racing, like you, you just kind of feel almost in a sense, like you're paralyzed. Anyone kind of ever feel that? Anyone kind of know what I'm talking about? It's okay to say yes. You can back and forth with me. Let's go. That's what we're going to go really tonight and talking about how do we win the battle in our minds? How do we win? That's, what, that's my goal tonight to really show you is how do we win the battle in our mind? Because anxiety only comes from uncertainty. I mean, when we know, we know, right? 
when we know, it's, it's easy, but it's that unknown. It's that thing, that future possibility that sometimes it can just cause this thing to just kind of hit us in the chest that it's like, yo, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. Where am I going to go to school? What am I going to do about this? And it just hits our lives. And so I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. Um, I am a pastor. And so I'm going to talk to you about the Bible, and I'm going to talk to you about what I feel like God says about stress and anxiety. So you ready? You with me? Here we go. Here we go. So we're going to go Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. And it says, you can read it, turn on your Bibles, or you can follow on the Sky Bible behind me. But it says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. And the person next to you say, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Here we go. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then, let me hear you say then. You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Hey, if you would close your eyes, bow your heads. Let's just, let's just pray. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We love you. Lord, I just pray that right now, any anxious thoughts, any feelings of, of, of fear, of stress, that it just has to melt right now in your presence. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, we just honor this house. We honor this church. Lord, we honor uh, what you've been doing here. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness, your consistency, for you moving just in Abilene as a whole, the capital C church. God, thank you for just the unity that we have in this community. And so God, we love you. We honor your name. We lean into what you're saying tonight. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen, amen, amen. Have you ever had somebody ask you something and like you just knew it was impossible? Like they just ask you something and you're like, yeah, there's no way I can do that. Like I remember feeling that like when my mom, when I was really little, it's not any time recent, but like when I was really little, like my mom would ask me like to clean my bedroom. I'd be like, mom, there's no way. Like there's no way I can clean that. Is anyone like just really have a really messy bedroom? You can just admit to that. Like, yep. Uh-uh. I remember like my mom or like doing the dishes. Have you ever had one of those dishes that your mom has you clean and it's like baked cheese on there and you're like scrubbing for 40 years and like you can't get it off and your arm's falling off because you scraped it down to a bone and you just can't get it and she's like yelling at you. To, I'm just kidding. If your mom does that, we'll call CPS later. I'm just kidding. No, we won't do that. But like I had this, I had this, who thankfully wasn't my roommate, but I remember I had, uh, when I was in college, a friend of mine's roommate um, I don't want to say his name. His name was Andrew. We'll just say his name. Who cares? It's not like you're going to know. Um, but Andrew, he was the messiest dude I have ever met in my life. Like his bedroom, old cereal bowls. Like he had a trash can that was overflowing and other trash bags around it. Old food boxes, pizza boxes, clothes. Like you can't see the floor. This dude is so messy. It was just horrible. Every, it was just disgusting. I, like, I don't know what happened to him as a kid that turned him out this way, but like, it's just disgusting. And I remember like the feeling I would get when my mom would ask me to go clean my room is like, mom, there's no way. How am I going to do this? Like, it's, you're asking me something impossible. And as I read this verse, verse four, always be full of joy. I kind of get that same feeling. Like always, hey, can you put it, can you put it back? Always be full of joy. I want you to see this. Always. I mean, I don't know if you know what always means, but like always is a, a lot. That's like a long time. Always be full of joy. I mean, there's some moments that like it's easy to be full of joy. Like it's easy to live for God on a Wednesday night. You know what I'm saying? But like it's a whole other story when it's Thursday morning and your friend's being a jerk to you in the hallway. I mean, that's a whole different story. Like there's moments that it's easy to be full of joy, but like 
always be full of joy? I feel like God is asking us something that's just impossible. How can we always be full of joy? That's impossible. But I love how Paul, the the author of this letter, he says, always be full of joy. He gives us the, the solution in the same sentence. It says, always be full of joy in the Lord. To the person next to you, say, in the Lord. Always be full of joy in the Lord. And it begs the question, so where are we placing our peace? Where are we placing our joy? What is the thing that we're laying it on? What is that emotional anchor that like we're putting our emotional stability in? That that thing that kind of keeps us secure. Where is that founded? You know, there's this story in the Bible. uh, I think it's in Matthew. Jesus tells it. And it's the story of these, these two dudes. They're like construction workers or contractors or something. And they're building these houses. And this one dude, he builds a house on what the Bible calls a rock, this solid foundation. He builds this house, this beautiful, immaculate house, awesome, and he sets it on a firm foundation. And some of you may be familiar with this story, but a storm comes. I mean, tornado, wind, hail, rain, I mean, everything you can, this horrible storm comes. And because it was built on a good foundation, it stayed strong. It stayed solid. It was good. There's another guy in this story, though, and you may see where the story is going, who didn't build his house on a rock, but he built it on sand. He built it on not solid ground. And so that same storm came. They like lived in the same neighborhood, I guess. And that same storm came. And you can kind of imagine what happens. Winds, hail, all of this rain comes down, pouring down, and the house gets destroyed. The house completely gets destroyed. Can I tell you, if you do not build your house, if you do not have your emotional anchor set on something secure, set on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, eventually it will fail. Listen, if you are waiting for your emotional significance, your emotional weight to come from some boy or a girl or a friendship or a new phone or a new car or something just to go your way, eventually it will fail. Church, can I tell you, we have to learn to put our significance, to put our emotional weight and value, not in some temporary thing, but in the eternal truth of Jesus Christ. You hear what I'm saying, church? We have to learn to build our trust. I'm here to say trust. To the person next to you and say, trust in Jesus. Because listen, it's not a matter of if the waves are going to come. It's not a matter of if the wind and the rain is going to come, but when. It's not a matter of if anxiety is going to try to attack you. It's not a matter of if it's going to. It's a matter of when. And the guy that built his house on the sand didn't have the foundation. Let me say foundation. He didn't have his foundation set on the right Think we have to learn to set our foundation. What is the thing that gives us validation? What is the thing that gives us that emotional security, that emotional weight? You know, you ever like post something on Instagram or like Twitter and like you're really just posting it for the, like that one person to see because you really just want them to see it? This is how I really feel. But like you're too scared to add them, you know what I'm saying? I don't look at me like that. I know you've done it. I know you've done it. And like you post that story saying that thing or whatever. And like, you're looking at who viewed it. And like that person never even viewed it anyways. And you're like, oh, the stupid algorithm. Like, dang it, Instagram. Sometimes we try to find our our significance. We try to find our value based on things that are temporary, 
Faiths are things that are honestly sand. It's not solid. It's not something that will last. We have to learn to find our value. My value is not based on any other thing than who I am in the Lord. The only way that we can have always be full of joy is we have to always be in the Lord. Let me hear you say, in the Lord. To the person next to you, say, in the Lord. It's, it's about having faith even when we feel the wind, even when we feel the rain. Because listen, both houses felt the same storm. They both were in the same storm. It's not like one was so much worse than the other. No, it, it was the same situation. Have you ever gone through a, a hard season and then later in life you kind of go through the same thing and it's like, ah, it wasn't as bad this time. Because you've learned maybe more, you've understood more. It's about setting our foundation, setting our emotional security, our, that emotional weight in the man Jesus. Finding our value, not in any other thing, not in a relationship, not in Instagram followers, not in Twitter, not in what our friends may think, not about what, that, what your mama may have said about you, not about what your daddy may have said, but finding our, our value, not in anything on earth, but in Jesus, in the Lord. Write down point number two. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. Let's read verses six and seven one more time. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Let me hear you say everything. Everything. Let me say everything one more time. One more time, let me say everything. Everything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then, let me hear you say then. then, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Church, listen, there's a name for for, uh, God, and the Bible talks about Emmanuel, where it says God with us. Emmanuel, God with, with us. Church, can I tell you, either he is Emmanuel or he is a liar. Either he is God with us or he's lying. I think sometimes we think anxiety with us. God, can you come save me? It's the other way around. It's God with us. I think sometimes we really honestly get this backwards. We get this flipped. We worry about everything. And then when it gets really bad, God, can you please help me? Notice how it doesn't say pray about your problems. It says pray about everything. Everything. It's not just the moments that are the worst of the worst. God's not just waiting for you to be at your lowest low. No, it's pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. I think sometimes just in the culture that we live in, we try so hard to, I gotta make this work. I gotta make this happen. I can kind of force myself to do it. Can I tell you the, the, the secret? The secret to having the peace of God in your life is not forcing yourself to feel different. It's having faith to see it different. Church, let me tell you, stress can only be as powerful as your perspective allows. Stress can only be as powerful as your perspective allows it. Listen, we do not have a power problem. We have a perspective problem. Because if God in me is the hope of glory, if greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world, if the same power that rose Christ from the dead now lives in me, then it's not a power problem. It's not like we don't have God at our side. If he really is Emmanuel, God with us, who will never leave us or forsake us, it's not a power problem. It's a perspective problem. It's not about, do we really got it? Listen, bro, it ain't about you anyways. It's it's not a power problem. Stop trying to do it all on your own. 
It's a perspective. God, give us a perspective. God, help us see the situation the way. Can you imagine, church? Let's just dream for a little bit. Can you imagine if we viewed our situation the way God did? Can you imagine if we viewed our schools the way God did? If we viewed our family the way God did? If we viewed our, our church, our friend group, this community, the big country, the way that God did? It's not a, a lack of power. It's a lack of perspective. The secret is not just forcing yourself to try to feel different. It's having faith to see it different. It's having the faith to see it different. God, give us the eyes to see this situation the way that you see it. Because what is anxiety? Anxiety is really where you put emotional weight, emotional energy in something that hasn't happened yet. I have a quote uh, from this doctor, I did some research on stress and anxiety, and this is one of the things I ran across, and it says, but when you're having a full-blown panic attack or anxiety attack, the symptoms, chest pain, flushing skin, racing heart, difficulty breathing, can make you feel as though you're going to faint or lose your mind or even die. The reality is you won't. Anxiety is trying to sell you something that hasn't even happened yet. Anxiety is where it's trying to put your mind, pitch your mind against itself of what could happen versus what you know should happen. It's worry, it's wait, and something that's not even in front of you. Can I tell you, the fact that you know how to have anxiety proves that you know how to have faith. Because what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not yet seen. The fact that your brain knows how to be anxious, the fact that your brain knows how to worry, the fact that you can put emotional weight and security in something that hasn't even happened yet means that you have the potential to have faith. I believe that we're going to have a generation that is so faith-filled because what the devil meant for evil, God is going to use for good. Let me tell you, anxiety only proves your potential. Come on. Anxiety only proves your potential. The next time you feel, you feel anxious, the next time you feel stressed out, just know that it's the devil trying to do something and God's going to use it for his glory. Because it's proving to you that you have the muscles, that you have the capability to put emotional weight in something that hasn't even happened yet. The fact that you know how to worry shows that you know how to have faith. Anxiety can only prove your potential. The fact that our generation struggles with this so badly is just proving, proving our capability for faith. Can I tell you, church, it's not, it's not a, a problem of capability or capacity. It's about availability. Are we making ourselves available to God? Are we making ourselves open to God? I know last week you talked about uh, say it with your chest. Say it with your chest. Face to face is a new series you guys are going to be doing. And I know one of the things that just in our pre-service talk, talking about is how worship is a lifestyle, right? It's not Christian karaoke with words on a, on a screen. It's a lifestyle that we live. It's a way that we choose to position our heart in, in a daily life. It's not just a Wednesday night, Sunday night gig. It's a daily moment by moment decision to position our heart to look at Jesus, to position our heart to have the perspective. Let me hear you say perspective. To have the perspective of heaven. I'm almost like, but perspective. <laughs> Church, let me tell you, anxiety can only prove your potential. Yeah. The fact that you can have anxiety proves, it proves that you have the capability for faith. And I believe we're walking into a generation that this has been such a problem 
And the world may see it as anxiety is just a new normal. I think sometimes we get in this situation where we view our anxiety almost as like this weird badge of honor. Like, yeah, I'm so stressed out about this. I got this going on, this, this. And we almost like take pride sometimes in how stressful life can be. Can I tell you, we're not designed to live that way. Can you imagine if we put that same emotional weight, that same emotional energy, that same mental power, instead of worrying about something, instead of being anxious about something that hasn't happened, we put that same effort in having faith for God to change our city. Can you imagine what your school would look like if everybody in this room was able to do that? Can you imagine what our families would look like if everybody in this room was able to have that level of faith? Can you imagine what Abilene would look like? Man, our city would change. Our community would change because the people in this room decided to have faith instead of anxiety. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Notice how it doesn't say pray about your problems. It says pray about everything. This right here, this is how you win your battle. This is how you win the battle. If you will, would you close your eyes? I want us to pray.